ladies and gentlemen, welcome to week 32? 32! Of Glowing Weak Point. Yep. I am your host, John. With me as always, Ronaldo James Wombat Wombatson. <clears throat> I hope and, to uh, one day get to the point where my name is just a hundred names long and nobody knows the real name. Yeah. It's definitely not James. No, absolutely not. You know, I, I legally changed it to Wombat about ten years ago. Nah, I can't see you legally doing anything. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, what's the glowing point of your week? Okay, uh, I have an I have an actual glowing point, and then I have a, a little story I want to tell. <clears throat> okay. Because it would have been my glowing weak point had other things not happened. Okay, so my actual glowing weak point is that my, my girlfriend, Cadence, bought me a tracksuit. And it looks really good. Oh, yeah! It's a uh, it's black, and then it's got like white stripes down the side, and they end in like little blocks of red um, on the sleeves and on the pants. And then yeah, and then both <clears throat> both items have a, a rose on the the my left side. Yeah, yeah. and it looks really good. And it, it matches with sneakers I already had, so I have, like, a whole outfit, except for a jacket, which I apparently need, because fucking Texas is getting chilly right now, weirdly. Yeah? Yep. That is weird. Um, and then the actual- Y'all, ex- y'all expecting another year of, uh, y- you know, the power going out and everything being miserable? Oh, God, I hope not. Uh. <laughs> Everyone's water's bre- water pipes breaking, and- the entire electrical systems shutting down, and it, nobody doing anything about it still. And Ted Cruz flying to Cancun instead of uh, toughing it out with his constituents. Nah, yeah, I think he's learned. He won't do that again. No, he'll, he'll go, go to go Costa to, Rica this um, time. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he'll make sure to go further away. Yeah, but uh. So, Maybe he'll uh, go f- visit his friends in North Korea or something. I don't know. Hey, I don't think, I don't think he's dead. Dennis Rodman level. Come on, Dennis Rodman <laughs> is better than him. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So tell me your story. All right. So, um, on my way home from work, uh, Saturday night, um, I stopped by a Bucky's. Everybody knows a Bucky's down in Texas. Um, uh, very few people do, but <laughs> whatever. If you're in Texas, you know what a Bucky's is, and if you've driven any amount of time through Texas, you've seen a Bucky's. Um, yeah, we actually had a Bucky's open here in Georgia recently, really? which yeah is very strange. That is strange. There's there's a bit of a there's a bit of a Texas takeover happening where a lot of of. Purely Texas things are, are making their way out. Like, the, the Alamo Draft House is making its way around the country. Um, huh. Our, our Alamo Draft House opens soon, I think? I don't think it's open yet. Uh, supposedly, we're getting a Torchies. Okay. Um, wow. And, yeah, we've we've got a Bucky's or maybe two. That's so weird. Yeah, because th- those are all just, just Texas companies. Yeah. 
That'd be like if an H-E-B I mean, opened up in fucking Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's never going to happen. No, it's not. Because um, H-E-B doesn't want to leave Texas and Mexico. Yeah. yeah. Um, But I stopped at Bucky's and I got myself a little bottle of Scorpion Reaper hot sauce. Oh. And so, so yesterday... I, I got some wings from Wingstop, and, and I took I took four plain wings, and I put Scorpion Reaper hot sauce on them, and it was really good. Okay, that sounds like a mistake. It was really good. The I mean, it was painful, but it it it, it was the the flavor of it was like really sweet, and it was okay. Yeah, and, and the flavor lasted longer than the heat did. That's good. That's the key there. Yeah. Because uh, I, <clears throat> I, I followed a recipe for this. It's um, uh, pork tinga. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's, it's tasty, but it's the, the spice far outlasts the taste and overwhelms it to a little bit. And that's, it's just not the way it should be. Yeah. But, uh, so the, the sauce was really good. Um, but then I, I just had to go to bed very early because my stomach was in intense pain. Like, like I slept probably 12 hours last night. Um, it was so bad. And I'm not sure. So there's three theories that I have. The first is that it's just the hot sauce. The hot sauce just fucked me up. The second okay. is that I might have already been feeling a little bad from the lunch I'd had, which was like a, a spicy squid thing my my girlfriend got me for lunch, which wasn't that good. Spice? Like, no. it was just... It sounds like it could be, but yeah. Oh, yeah, I've had good um, hot and spicy squid before. This was not good. It was like just pure spice and no flavor. Not great. Okay. Um... So it might have been that like my stomach was already feeling bad from that, and then I had the hot sauce on top of it, and the the two things combined to create just like a, a brutality in my stomach. Yeah. And, and my yeah. third theory is that it was just the squid, and it just took a little bit longer to uh, affect me as bad. Okay. Yep. But uh, could, could be any of those. Yep. Re- regardless of what it was, uh, uh. The, it turned the otherwise good experience of having the uh, hot wings into a miserable time. <laughs> yeah. Which is why my, my yeah. glowing weak point has become the tracksuit. Okay. Yep. What about you, John? My, What's your glowing my, weak point? My, my week was distinctively not glowing. And part of that's part of the reason why we're doing this podcast a little earlier for us than normal um which is uh so are you do you know what a a cherry eye is for a dog um no a cherry eye yes cherry cherry eye is a disorder um for for dogs it it typically happens in uh shorter snouted dogs and uh, can occasionally happen in just any type of puppy. Because Hector, my puppy, uh, is not really 
shorter snouted, but um, he's a puppy, so he has a shorter snout right now. Yeah. So it's a it's a disorder that can happen where um, dogs have three eyelids, and the third eyelid is is a a gland um, that produces anywhere from like fifty to sixty six percent of the tears for your eye, which helps keep your eye, you know, moisturized and not dry out and stuff. And cherry eye is when the third eyelid gland prolapses out of the corner of their eye and they've got a giant bulge in their eye where their eyelid is just prolapsed out of their body. Okay. And one, it's gross looking. Yeah. (laughs) Two, it blocks their vision. And three, it means that they're not getting two-thirds of their tears so their eyes start to dry out. Yikes. So, and the only way to fix it is by having a surgery where they cut it apart and they sew it back into their, um, their eyes. Fuck. Yeah. And then because of that, he's been feeling sick and mopey and hasn't eaten, been throwing up. Um, Poor Hector. Like, Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that, hence, hence why we're doing this a little early, because we're going to the doctor, because the doctor would not see him until today. Yeah, doctors don't like to see people on weekends. Yeah, well, it happened Wednesday or Thursday. Oh. But, yeah. But I guess their schedule was already packed, so. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, I'm sorry. Yeah, and then on top of that, I I worked all weekend at my side job, and it was not fun Oh, dealing with everybody else's shit. You took on extra so, days? Yeah, uh, what with the fact that 700,000 people died, and then uh, people realized that they weren't being paid wages that were you're able to live on right uh and so there's a labor shortage um there's a labor shortage so they needed help (laughs) well i'm gonna push back on that term a little bit there's not a there's not a labor shortage there's a shortage of companies willing to pay labor there there's a little bit of a labor shortage as well because like i said seven hundred thousand people died because people were idiots and didn't take an illness stay seriously. safe during a pandemic we decided we decided <laughs> yeah. to follow the uh the black plague model like we might as well have just had flagellants walking the streets spraying blood on everybody <laughs> um <laughs> bring out your dead <laughs> lay them in the street we'll kiss every single one of them <sighs> yeah so anyways yeah there's uh there's quite a demand everywhere, and so I, I assisted my my manager at the uh, the side job because I actually like them. Okay. And and they actually they they like me, so we we respect each other and we get things done because of that. Listen, as long as you're not crossing a picket line. Oh no! No 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 no. Then we're all, all of good. That's, you, I mean, 
<laughs> yeah. Don't be a scab. That's that's gonna to all the people yeah, no, out there listening no, 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 to this no, no. podcast. Don't be a fucking scab. Yeah, especially if you're in the uh, the Hollywood industry right this minute. Don't be a scab. Yeah. Because there's a major strike going on, and they honestly the the conditions they're working in are are just absolute garbage. I mean, they they love doing it, but the fact that they they're they don't have set hours. Yeah, they're treated like shit. That's yeah. That that's that's the the thing that they're fighting for the most, to my knowledge, is like set hours at all. Yeah, like I, I was reading a thread on Twitter about it the other day, and, and like one thing that was mentioned was something called a fratter day, which is where you start on Friday yeah. and you don't finish until like midway through Saturday. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a thing. Yeah, that is definitely a thing. And then you spend the rest of your weekend just fucking exhausted, so you don't have a weekend. Yeah, yep. Because it's not like, all right, we finished then, so now you take two days off. No, it's we finished <laughs> midway no. through Saturday, so now you get the rest of Saturday and Sunday off, and you come back Monday. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Great abusive shit out there going on, and uh. Respect all the strike workers. Yeah. Yep. So, John, did you did you play any games while you were dealing with your uh, dog's eye? I thing? did. I, I did play games, but first of that, I, first first before that, I get to ask you a question. Oh. Purchased anything fun recently? Purchase what? You, you mentioned you anything fun recently? Did I purchase anything fun recently? Um, yeah. Did you buy anything for yourself? Pick up any new games? You, you mentioned that you got some hot sauce. Yeah. I mean, but that would we, be, already, we already talked about that. Like, I guess that would be the thing. Did I buy anything on Steam recently? I might have. Um, listen, no. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. Well, one thing is, I I picked up the next light novel. Oh yeah, I have that um, already. I, it's it's interesting. Looking. Um, I don't like the feel of it. Like before we even get I, into the the reading of the book, um, I don't like the feel of the outside. Like it's a, I'm doing an air quotes here, paperback, but the the paper is like. Pla- or plastic or laminated or something. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. And it's stiff. Also, like, the inside... It, it It's not like all the light novels we've bought so far. And it looks quite long, comparative to all It's very tall. Yeah. It, like, but no, I meant, like, the, the length of the book. Oh. Like, it's, it's like, 200-something pages. Well... 200 plus. I guess I didn't account for that in my looking at it because I've read Saga of Tanya the Evil, which easily goes yeah. past 300 pages yeah. per book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, while, while I have that, uh, I'm today getting, supposedly, it's supposed to come in today, the complete collection of the Witcher series books. Oh, I have those. I can see them from right here. Oh, 
Uh, Blood of Elves, oh. The Time of Contempt, and Baptism of Fire. Yeah. Yeah, I got the little box set sitting and on my uh, my CD tower. You got you got all eight? Oh, there's eight. Yes. No, I thought there were only three, and that's why it was being sold in a box set of three. <laughs> nope. There are eight, and I've got the box set of eight. I see. Well, I don't really care about the other five, because I couldn't even finish uh, two. <laughs> okay. I do not like I, them. I've heard, I've heard once you get into them, they're, they're really, really good. And uh, my... Uh, my wife's already listened. She she did a an ebook, uh, audiobook of one of them, which is easier for her because she drives to work every day and it's like an hour away. Jesus. So, yeah. But um, she liked the first book, so I'm 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 looking forward to it as well. Well, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. But you, you asked me what games I played. Uh, I played some games that were shit, some games I thought would be shit, and then some games I knew would be good. Okay. So what do you want first? Um, <clears throat> looking at the list, let's hear about Wario Blast. Okay, Wario Blast is a fucking amazing Game Boy game. It's one of my favorite Game Boy games of all time. It's it's a Bomberman game. Okay. I, I know it says Wario Blast on there. It's a Bomberman game. It has Bomberman in the game. Uh, basically, Wario finds a portal to the Bomberman universe and goes in and wants to, like, beat the Bombermans so that they can become his minions. Uh, but Bomberman's a fucking bomb... Uh, badass dude and uh i always play as bomberman and win okay but it's it's bomberman but the power-ups are more than just like uh extra bombs and more explosive power after every three uh levels i guess you get to fight a boss and when you beat the boss you get a upgrade for your character, a permanent upgrade for your character, which uh, is things like your ability to place down more than one bomb in a row. So you could just like press double press the button and it places the maximum amount of bombs that you can place in front of you uh, in a line. Uh, so then you're you're able to block off areas with things. The ability to kick bombs. Uh, my favorite one, is uh you the the last one you get is you get a fucking motorcycle (laughs) okay which which allows you to go faster and also jump over obstacles and you're the only one that gets it like all the other ones you know when you're, you're playing as bomberman uh when you get the ability to kick bombs wario also gets the ability to kick bombs so you're you're like okay cool now this is an extra level to this when you get a motorcycle you're the only one with it so you're just like ha fuckers I can suck on this listen games so <laughs> I can just zip around the place games so rarely give you motorcycles but when a game does give you a motorcycle it's always the best thing ever 
Um, yeah. I'm reminded of a uh, Devil May Cry 5's motorcycle, which you use to uh, split in half and beat the shit out of enemies. Um, it, <laughs> nice. The single best weapon in the game for Dante. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just uh, good shit. But yeah, uh, Wario Blast, in my opinion, is one of the best games for the original Game Boy. Um... And stands up beyond just the Game Boy. Like, it, it's it's a good mobile game beyond just the Game Boy era. So are all of these on your list uh, Game Boy games? Yes, they're all Game Boy okay. games. So uh, tell me about... Uh, I guess you, you barely played Wildermyth, and we've talked about it before. Do you have anything to add about it? Um, I do. I added some mods in to, because the game is uh, like has oh. a very active modding community, and they'll add like little um, they'll add new cutscenes to play in between like the the years of peace and stuff. So I added some of that in, um, and, and some other like uh location events, um. I'm not sure if I've seen any, but if I have, then they uh, they flow perfectly into the rest of the game. Um, and the, the, there's good mods out there for it. Um, also, okay. Also, one of my uh, most used characters. Uh, she was the first mage I ever had, and I took her into a, a new campaign. Um, she now has crow wings, which I'm not sure what it does for her, but she has Ooh. crow wings. Um. And, That's cool. And one of my favorite warriors, who I also took into the same campaign, um, has a fire chicken, which does allow me. <laughs> it allows me to set a fire anywhere, like like on a tile adjacent to where she's standing, which is just like okay. it's just like free damage. Like it doesn't cost me an action. I don't think to use the fire chicken. I can use it every other turn. Uh, and, okay. and it's just like three free damage on something. Is it pretty good? Huh. Yeah. Um, and I did do a little uh, a story like just now, like right before we we started recording, I was playing the game. And I did a little uh, character story. Um, my archer, he fell sick with like a terminal illness and we went looking for the cure. But the person who told us about the cure, her brother had been, like, turned to stone, like, right outside of where the cure was. Uh, And and because the cure is, like, a magical cure-all, we used that on him instead of, like, healing my character. So now he just has, like, a permanent terminal illness. But the guy that we healed joined us. Okay. Yep. So it it has, like, like, fun little things you can do like that. Like, I could have just healed my my character, and, like, I don't know what would have yeah. happened there. It'd probably just move on. But instead, I chose to help this other guy, and he decided to help me. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Yep. Uh, did you want to tell me about Darkwing Duck? No. No? <laughs> no, Darkwing Duck is a garbage game. Damn! Uh, <laughs> Darkwing Duck is is uh, so I grew up with Wario Blast and Darkwing Duck. Those those were two games that I I still have the cartridge for. Uh, I got Darkwing Duck because you know parents they see a Disney related thing and go okay this should be fine. And Darkwing Duck is awesome. 
And Darkwing, yeah, good old DW. Yeah. Um, b- but the game is trash. Damn. <laughs> it's undeserving the, the of the Darkwing is... Duck name. Correct. <laughs> yeah. It's so bad, and I hate it. Damn. It's just, yeah. What, so what kind of game is it? Side-scrolling platformer? Okay. And, and is it like one of those auto-scrollers, or is it like a, can you walk backwards? No. You can walk back, well, depending on the, the thing, you can walk backwards. It's kind of like, honestly, it, it's closest to um, Mega Man, I would say. Mega Man! Okay. Mega Man! Mega Man! <laughs> um, Yeah. Uh, all right. It's it's what it's a trash. What game. exactly makes it trash? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, everything. Actually, everything. <laughs> Actually, everything is trash about the game. All right, so the jump it's, is trash. Yes, the jump is trash. The shooting is trash. The blocking is trash. The grabbing things in the air is trash. The, um, yeah, everything is trash. I mean, but that's an idea, though, grabbing things in the air. Like, but no, like, that's like hooks above you. Oh, like, I see. I thought it yeah. was like flying enemies or some shit. You could, like, grab onto them. That'd be cool. No, everything is bad. 100%. Okay. Awful. All right. I will I will take your word for it. You really don't seem yeah. to want to remember this game. No, I don't. <laughs> I I never want to play it again. <laughs> okay. Um tell me about Muse Dash cuz I don't know anything about Muse Dash. Okay, Muse Dash is a rhythm game on Steam. Um it has a bunch of cute girls that you play as. Um, you unlock them as you level up in the game. Um, leveling up really just happens whenever you like play a song. Like I don't know exactly how the uh, experience works, but generally, if I play a song once um, and get anything close to a decent score, I level up. Um, okay. Sometimes I level up multiple times. And I think that happens when I do really well on a song. Um I am not good at this game, but I love playing this game. Uh, if if you want me to do anything more than a difficulty of six in this game, then I will fail utterly. Like, I can do a six... I can do a, a rank six song, um, like, near perfectly sometimes. But if you give me okay. if you give me a rank seven song, there seems to there must be like some kind of huge difficulty spike between six and seven <laughs> because I just fucking fail utterly on every time I attempt a seven. <laughs> mm. and, and that might just be me. That's that might just be me. That it might just be me. Um, because I am not great at rhythm games. I love rhythm games, but I am, I have never been good at them. Um, but this Hmm. is, this is a really good one. It's got a lot of great music. Um, 
if you you can buy the game for like i bought it for 50 cents the base game um which it's really just a taster the the base game and you can still buy it right now for like three dollars um but then you can if you like it allows you to get a taste of the game and see like if you would want to spend money on it right yeah. So then, like you can you can buy that for three dollars, and then you can buy the the air quotes DLC for the game, which is thirty dollars. It's the it's the actual game. Um, yeah. And once you do that, uh, they have they have like a whole bunch of like collaboration songs that they've done. Like there's a whole pack of songs from Toho, like <laughs> a whole shit ton of Toho songs. I feel like Toho is probably the easiest thing to collaborate with, though. I mean, this is true, but it's also very cool. Um, yeah. And, and, like, Toho is really good music. I, I love the Toho music. Another series, uh, or style of game, rather, that I'm very bad at, but I love playing. <laughs> it, Toho. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's really good. It's got... I wish there was more um, stage variation because there's kind of like four kinds of stage. Um, there's one that's like pink in the background and it's very like cotton candy and the enemies are like like clouds and shit. There's one where you're running through like the streets of a modern town um, and one of a version of one of the girls that you can play as attacks you from a, a black limousine. And like shoot some missiles at you and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I think there's a Toho themed stage, uh, which is very like like a Japanese shrine esque. Um, and then there's like okay, yeah, there, there, there's a few different yeah, ones. I, but I wish there was a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure whether Toho themed would mean that it's bullet hell or whether it's shrine no i mean like like the game itself is a rhythm game bullet hell yeah like like you have two um you have two levels you have ground level and you have air level right and you're you're hitting if something is coming on the ground level then you hit uh what do i hit Uh, x on my controller right and that hits things on my ground level okay and if something's coming up from above, I hit up on the D-pad. And that hits things up yeah. in the air. And uh, most uh, most characters can't hang in the air. The only one that can is the uh, Toho character. Um, so you have to be very precise with the ones that are coming from the air. More so than the ones on the ground. Yeah. Um, and there's also, like, okay. there's also um, hold notes where you, like... Like, if there's, like, a star up in the air or on the ground, and you have to hold either the X button or the D or the up D-pad. And then while they're doing that, sometimes yeah. they will throw enemies on the other level at you. So you have to keep holding down the, the button while also attacking on the other level. And that's usually what fucks me up on the sevens, if I'm being honest. The rank seven gotcha. songs. That's what fucks me up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
But if if you're into rhythm games, this is a really good rhythm game. Okay. Yep. Uh, tell me about Metroid 2. Uh, Metroid Dread just recently came out, so I guess you're playing uh, older Metroid games instead. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can't afford Metroid Dread yet. Right. Nintendo games are very expensive. And always are. You'll never um, be able to afford, afford Metroid Dread. Correct. correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, Metroid 2 Return of Samus is okay. It's a it's an old Metroid game, so expect it to play like an old, old Metroid game where they haven't learned quite how to get it down yet. This is pre-Super Metroid. Um, yes, this is pre-Super Metroid. It's still a Metroidvania, it's just not as good. Uh, honestly, Super Metroid kicked off the good Metroids. Yeah, I mean, Super um, Metroid is like... Mwah, chef's kiss classic oh yeah it's it's still one of the best metroid games um honestly it's still one of the best metroidvanias of all time yeah a um, really good game it <laughs> is i've played it multiple times <laughs> uh metroid 2 return of samus is okay it's just okay my suggestion is if you're going to play this Find a way to download another Metroid 2 remake, AM2R. It's uh, it's taken off the internet, quote unquote. They they can't you know put it out there for for downloads anymore. But it's still around, and it's Metroid 2 except all of the the things that were good about it are uh pushed to ten, and all the things that were bad about it are fixed. And AM2R is just a significantly better version of Metroid 2 Return of Samus. Okay. I don't know that I will ever beat the original. <laughs> um, just because I've... I mean, I've gone through, I've killed several Metroids in it. Like, I can I can play it. It's not a problem of, of me not having the skills to do it. It's a problem of me not wanting to do it because... I know that there's better out there. Yeah. So, I, you know, we we talked about um, emulating last time. Well, this time we're going to talk about uh, <laughs> fan games and fan <laughs> remakes. And the fan remake of this is way better than the game itself. All right. All right. Tell me about your porn game. Okay. Uh, oh, I felt weird putting this on the list. Let me tell you. <laughs> but at the same time, okay, so here's here's the thought process that I've gone through, right? Um, okay. So we've talked about Honey Pop on the, this before. Yes. Um, Honey Pop is the only uh, porn game that I've ever played. Um, I mean, that was mostly just because, like, it was a, a very big one. Like, like, everybody was fucking playing Honey Pop when it came out. Like, that was the, the big, like, game of the month or whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. 
So what I wanted to do <laughs> is I want to have a conversation in the future about like about sex in video games because like people talk all the time about like like there's a constant Twitter conversation about like oh sex scenes in movies don't ever add anything to the movie or the the inverse like like how can you fucking say that you idiot like sex yeah. does add to the movie like, like the scenes wouldn't be there otherwise <clears throat> yeah um and i thought it would be yep. interesting to approach that conversation in video games because it feels like in video games it's a conversation that isn't ever broached um and i think i'm starting to understand why uh, <laughs> so first of all okay. it took me a very long time to find a porn game that was not just a visual novel um yeah and, and when i did i found that this i found this um castle in the clouds okay so good things about castle in the clouds um, it's supposed to be a Metroidvania. Um, it's not really, because, it, it, like, imagine a Metroid game, but you have to, like, stage select. Like, it, it's, oh, it's... yeah, no, that's not a Metroid. Yeah, it, it wants, it wants to, it looks exactly like a fucking, um, Symphony of the Night like that's the style of game okay. it looks like and that's how the map looks and everything but you have to select stages so it's not really a metroid game um but it wants to be it wants to be a metroidvania um okay it plays well uh uh, I wish there was a little bit more um, weapon selection and, like, actually finding weapons instead of, like, all but one being purchased through the store. Um, but, uh, were there good things about this game? <laughs> I didn't hate it. I didn't hate the game. Um, okay. I mean, it's just smut. It's... <laughs> Yes, uh, here's here's the difference I would say between uh, porn in games versus porn in in or sex in games versus sex in in uh, TV and and movies and stuff. Generally, sex in TV and movies and stuff is there for a story purpose to move the story along, and like uh, certainly like the Daenerys you know sex scenes and stuff and 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 all the sex scenes in in game of thrones are there partially for ratings that i mean that's undeniable yeah but it it also is in the story like it's in the story that was written that they're adapting and it it provides reasoning before her character to perform certain actions later on uh it it is a a turning point in in certain things and and that is the way it's treated. And generally, sex in games is there so you can jerk off to yeah. it. Yeah, that's definitely what this feels like. It has a gallery section for all of the uh, different little porn animations that you, you get throughout the game. Um, so you can just yeah. go to the gallery section and jerk your dick. Um, yes. 
Okay, I do have I do have one I have two good things I can say about the game. One is that there is a safe for work mode. Um okay. I did not play that because that was not the purpose of why I was playing the game. Um mm-hmm. right. right. You wanted to jerk it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um like if i'm looking at sex in games it's it ruins the point to be playing in safe for work mode but it is there if you want to just play the game um yeah and two is that um okay so enemy there are enemies in the um areas that have like hearts coming off of them and if you touch the the enemies with hearts coming off of them they like they like sex up your your character right okay <laughs> yeah um but is that, is that what would they call it nowadays that's what i'm calling it uh, <laughs> let's go let's go sex up each yeah. other um so so first of all you can completely avoid these these enemies always die in one hit um and they're very rarely in a place I mean, they're never really in a place where you have to touch them. Um, so you can completely avoid them if you want to. Now, <clears throat> but okay. if you do touch them, um, then they give you one lust, which is a stat that is only gained through touching these enemies, right? Um, and and yeah. then when you exit the little animation, which you can also do instantly if you know the correct button to hit... Um, then mm-hmm. it does the amount of your lust stat damage to every enemy on the screen. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think I read that the lust stat is, is it's capped out at like twice your level plus one. And this is a game. I ended the game above level 200. Okay. So you could you could theoretically get the lust stat incredibly high and use that to clear out whole screens of enemies. Yeah, four hundred plus damage to everything. Yeah, yeah, which I think is an idea that could be used even outside of like uh, this fucking porn game. Like that's a cool idea for a mechanic. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I don't think anyone is saying that the uh, the porn game designers don't have interesting ideas. It's just that uh, you can't talk about them because they're just porn. They, yeah, yeah, and, and this was very much like just porn. It's just smutty porn. Like, like uh, it's rough. It's rough, but I didn't hate it. I didn't. I didn't hate it. Um. Okay. I'm sure there are better out there than this, though. Yes, yeah. there are. Um, so, tell me about Kid Dracula. Okay! Yes! Oh, did we like Kid Dracula? Kid Dracula! Kid Dracula was something that I've, I've heard made fun of over the years. Um, because, I mean, it's Castlevania. It's, it's made by Konami... It is a spin-off to Castlevania. It is in the Castlevania universe. It is not canonically in in I was about to say I think this might be is, a circle of the moon situation. <laughs> it it is it is not 
in the Castlevania canon, but it is a spinoff to Castlevania, and there are characters that... Uh, so the the final boss of Kid Dracula is Garamoth. And Garamoth is also a final boss in several of the uh, Castlevania games. Um, final boss or a, a like extremely difficult mini boss sort of thing. He's a space monster who can control time. So, you, you know, he's, he's a pretty powerful. Um, I know in one of the games he's actually trying to re- rewrite history so that Dracula never existed so that he can control the universe instead using his time powers. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, but Garamoth comes from Kid Dracula. Oh, this is where um, he originated? Yes. Okay. Uh, so Kid, Kid Dracula follows uh, the son of Dracula, so presumably Alucard. Right. Um who uh, uh, awakes from a long sleep only to discover that the demon Garamoth has uh, challenged him. So he steals his dad's cape and he sets out on an adventure to destroy the monster and retake his throne. So is Alucard like actually Um, a child in this or is he? Yes. He is very young. He wakes up from a long sleep, but he's still six years old. Yeah, yeah, no, like, he wakes up from a nap, is what it is. Oh, okay. Uh, but every, everything's young, uh, all the monsters are young, uh, <laughs> and... It's a baby fighting baby. It's, yeah, but it's, it's a side-scrolling shooter, um, where you, you shoot fireballs, because why not? Um, or maybe they're chaos balls. I don't know. It doesn't really tell you. Um, it was incredibly fun. Okay. It, like, it's a very simple game. You, like, most things die in one or two hits. Uh, you're not really limited by, like, I guess you can't spam the shoot button, but it's not holding you, it's not like... The old games where there can only be, like, three projectiles on screen at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, like, you're you're never really in danger, but that's not a problem. Like, it, it, it wasn't hand-holding, um, and you just kind of progress through it, and there's, there's mini-bosses, and um, you get special powers so like you've you've got either the power at the beginning you've got the power to transform into a bat and then you can like fly over gaps and stuff uh-huh. but you can't attack while you're doing that damn or uh you can uh charge your blast sort of mega man like and shoot out a, a stronger blast uh and then once you you beat your first thing you can get um uh more bats that help you you get your your bat buddy helps you and so like they they attack right in front of you but you can also use that to like deflect bullets and and guard against things and stuff that you wouldn't normally it'll it'll create like a shield in front of you right an attacking shield i loved every second of playing the game (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's absolutely 
like it's a kids game. It's it's for kids. Um but as an old ass adult uh who plays Cuphead and other really shitty obnoxious difficult games it was just a lovely little game that I do intend to go back and finish. Okay. <laughs> Baby's first Castlevania, had, it, pretty good. Yeah, I had no expectations that it would be good. I was so pleasantly surprised. That's good. Yeah. All right. Master Spy? Okay, um... So this was in one of the itch bundles. Um, I've been going through the itch bundles this week and like downloading them, uh, downloading some games that interest me. And this was in one of okay. them. Um, I only touched on Master Spy a little bit yesterday. Um, mostly because it's a game that doesn't grip my interest. Um, so it's a stealth game uh, where... The only option is stealth. Um, You have absolutely no no way to attack. Um, You can do two things. You can jump, and you can uh, cloak. Uh, When you're cloaked, as long as you don't touch an enemy, um, they cannot see you. However, there are dogs that are, like, completely aware of your presence, I guess. So even when you're cloaked, they will run towards you. So you have to be, like, careful about it. And also, like, you don't move as fast or jump as high when you're cloaked. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the game. Um, each e- each little section of the game is you walk through a door um, and you have to get to the other door. And sometimes there's another, there's, like, a key card that you have to pick up to unlock the door. And that's the game. Yeah. Um, okay. Yep. It, it's very, it's very basic. It's very, um, honestly, the cutscenes reminded me of like, uh, shit, Ninja Gaiden. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's Ninja Gaiden-esque, except there's no way to attack. So Ninja Gaiden, but stealth. That That's the game. Um, if you're into that, it's there. Uh, <laughs> if you got either the uh, the racial justice bundle or the um, Palestinian bundle last in the last couple of years, is it in both of them? I don't know. It's in one of them. <laughs> okay. You're asking me too much. If <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Fair enough. Listen, I can I can type it in right here. Master Spy is in the racial justice bundle. I know that much. Okay. Yep. I have that yep. one. It, it, I'm not going to do the other one right now. It's too many button presses. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's there. Okay. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> cool. Do we want to hop into a uh, game facts now? I think it's time to do some game facts. Game facts. This time, 
We are talking about <laughs> Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. This is like my favorite old school Zelda game. Um, I actually, <laughs> I love Zelda 2. It's okay. I I didn't mention it here. It, it falls under what happens with a lot of the twos. Like a uh, Mario where they, 2. They just do something completely different. Yeah, Mario 2. Very, very different from Mario 1. Um, Zelda 2, very, very different from Zelda 1. Uh, Fire Emblem 2, very, very different from Fire Emblem 1. I don't know anything about Fire Emblem 2. Because that's, that's uh, not Marth, right? I like it. Correct. That's uh, It's Shadows of Valencia. Oh, shit! Okay, I, I is what it is. I didn't know that was that was Fire Emblem too. I I have played a uh, Fire yeah. Emblem Echoes, uh, Shadows of Valentia. Yeah, uh, it's it's there's some differences, but mostly the same from what I've seen. Oh, like to the original, you mean? Yeah, I see. Yeah, I, I, the big yeah. difference is probably the um the uh. Shit, I forget. Bonds. Right? I'd say, like, yeah. Yeah. Also, like, the labyrinths. There's, there's like, a labyrinth you can do from right. Um, It has dungeons. Yeah. You know, that is weird. Fire Emblem 2 is weird. Yeah. Now that you remind me of it. Yes. Fire Emblem... Uh, Echoes is so weird! <laughs> Echoes is weird. But that's... that. A lot of that is because Fire Emblem 2 was weird. Yeah. Um... Okay. Fire Emblem 2 did a bunch of things that they just never did again until it came to, um... Oh... Fire Emblem 8. Uh, Sacred Stones. Sacred Stones redid a lot of those things. Sacred Stones has dungeons again. Um, yep. Yep. And it was, you know, honestly, Sacred Stones is one of my favorites. And 2 is one of my favorites. But... Anyways, let's talk about Zelda 2. Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link is a side-scrolling action RPG with platforming elements developed by Nintendo for the NES. And if that sounds like too much is going on, you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, you can enjoy Zelda 2, but I don't think anyone can like really honestly say that Zelda 2 is a good game. oh no it, it's it's garbage but i love it it's it's it, so fun yeah. but in all of the wrong ways <laughs> yeah yeah me it's not wrong to enjoy the game it is wrong to say that it is a good it, game it's wrong to put it on like a top five of all time zelda games um yeah it for you, 10. I mean, I'm not going to say top 10 because there is a certain amount of like personal enjoyment that goes into those lists, but I don't think personal enjoyment can beat out just like, like Link's Awakening is above Zelda 2 on that list. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely Ocarina of Time is. is above Zelda 2 on that list. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask is at the bottom of the list for me. I don't. I, I can't. Wow. I hate well. Majora's Mask. <laughs> well, you're wrong, but it's okay. 
Uh, Miyamoto wanted to create a side-scrolling slasher and worked with a different team, mostly doing high-level brainstorming and writing, to create the game that at the very end of its dev time, they decided to slap the Zelda name onto. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. That sounds... Yeah. It is. Which is exactly the same thing that happened with um, Mario 2. Is they... They said, hey, we can't release uh, the Lost Mario, the Lost Levels. Um, it's too hard for, West for because, Westerners. Because it's too too hard for the Westerners. So let's give them this other game that currently exists and we'll just reskin it to be Mario after it's the done. The difference being that, uh, that it was actually a different game released under a different name in Japan. And it... Yeah. Whereas this was like created, and then they said at the end of the thing, "Ah, oh, we can just call this a Zelda." Yeah, <laughs> this can be Zelda, <laughs> the Adventure of Link. Uh, Zelda Two was the first of five Zelda games to feature side-scrolling elements, being followed by the three CDI games as well as Link's Awakening. Uh, three of those don't count. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, you know how Kid Dracula isn't canon to a. Uh, Castlevania? Oh no, Wand of Gamelon is definitely canon. It isn't. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> like the infrequent side-scrolling, there are many other elements in this game different from the rest of the series, including experience points and levels, no rupees, no Koji Kondo, Link actually speaks, and it doesn't even have the legend of in the title. Although the Japanese version does. So that's really just... Yeah, no Koji Kondo. No Koji Kondo. Damn. Yeah. And also, Link Link does actually speak in it. It's the only time Link has a text box that he speaks. It's outside of Triforce Heroes, which I don't think anyone should count. Why wouldn't you count Triforce Heroes? Um, uh, why would you count Triforce Heroes? I thought people like Triforce Heroes. So you know that thing about the CDI games? Uh-huh. <laughs> Triforce Heroes. <laughs> You're being mean. It's not CDI level. Uh, the other times... So you could argue that in... Uh, Twilight Princess, when you're learning moves, the, uh, the skeleton of your previous Link... It is the Link from Ocarina of Time. It's the skeleton of the Link from Ocarina of Time. The spirit of what? him can can talk in, in full sentences to train new skills, I, new sword what? skills. I've never played Twilight Princess. What? Okay. <laughs> in Twilight Princess, you you turn into a wolf and and you howl at certain stones, uh-huh. and it takes you to a pocket dimension where you transform back into Link and. Uh, a a giant heroic skeleton uh, tells you that he was the hero hero in the past, and he wants to pass on his skills to you. And so he teaches you each of the additional sword skills that you get throughout the game. And canonically, that is the the link from Ocarina of Time. Huh. Um, that's yes. weird. Which is super cool. 
I don't know that you could count it as Link speaking, though, because it's not the character you're playing as. I mean, it's still the ghost of a character um, you have played as, though. Y- yes. I'm going to say it counts. But... And then the, the other one is in Wind Waker. When you have a companion, there's a button you can press to, to make them come to you. And Link does... Um, makes a noise and the noise <laughs> sounds like the english words come here um i'm gonna say that one doesn't but count. <laughs> yeah i i agree with that uh depending on which version you have i don't remember i think it's the i think it's the famicom version of zelda 2 when you find a mirror in one of the houses in one of the villages uh in the in one version it just says link finds a or you find a mirror and then the other one it says um oh wow i found a mirror under this table <laughs> which is is link talking so it's the only really one to to include link actually speaking. okay that is the one voice line all right Uh, Despite its many differences, there are far more things it actually added to the series, including the full Triforce itself, the names of the Sages and Ocarina of Time, village names in this game, Dark Shadow Link, and Invisible Enemies. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the the village names in in Zelda 2 are like Raru and Soraya and... Darunia. Right. And they're the names of yeah. the the sages. Oh. Yeah. And the the Triforce, uh, this is the first game to have like the the three triangle making up a full triangle triforce. Or what was in the first game? Just little triangles. Okay. There 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 was not what we know of today as the Triforce. I see. Uh, We mentioned previously that this is the only Zelda without Kondo-composed music, but that doesn't mean you won't recognize any tunes. The Famicom battle music was later reused in the Legend of Zelda Minish Cap as a mini-boss theme, and the palace theme was later reused in Super Smash Bros. Melee as a theme music for the temple stage. Probably one of the most iconic songs from Super Smash Bros. Okay. Because that is... That is the stage everyone loves to play on. Um, is <laughs> Temple is Temple the one with the little section at the bottom that nobody fucking dies in? Uh, yeah, oh, okay. basically, yeah. That I hate that stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, at the time it was just the biggest stage with the most space for things, which was neat but it also i don't think anyone realized at the time that that's not a good thing because it just slowed down combat well there's that like it has a big section Uh, up at the top but all of the fights end up taking place in that little section down at the bottom where you can just get slammed up and down into the in the fucking tunnel over and over and (laughs) and never die you'll be at like 400 percent and not die (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hate that stage. 
one of the iconic quotes from the game is from a villager you can talk to who says, I am Error. This is not a mistake. Canonically, his name is Error, as is another character in the town of Saria whose name is Bagu, meaning bug. Programmers are funny, right? <laughs> Programmers aren't funny. They they don't they no. don't have that's why they're not writers. Uh, <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> While Ganon doesn't really appear in the game, if you game over, he returns, and you can hear his laughter as you fade away. Except it's not his laughter. It's actually an altered version of Soda Popinski's laugh from Punch-Out. <laughs> uh, formerly featured on this show, Punch-Out. <laughs> Correct. I love the little tiebacks I yeah. can do. Tiebacks? Any chance I can. Call Whatever. Callbacks? <laughs> Tie-ins. Either one. Tieback isn't a thing, though. <laughs> oh, it is now. Not really trivia of any sort, as it's pretty well known. It's just cool. If you run out of keys in a dungeon, you can just transform into a fairy and fly through the keyhole. I didn't actually know that. Isn't, I don't think I've ever run out of keys. Isn't that dope? That is. You just yeah. fly through the keyhole. It is cool. Uh, more games more games need to have shit like that. <laughs> That's just it dope. Is. Uh, of course, this wouldn't be a game facts if we didn't somehow link it to Captain N, which is easy since Kevin and Link joined forces many times. What's more, all the voice actors from the spectacular The Legend of Zelda cartoon reprised their roles, making this a direct sequel to that series. Uh, but John, you don't Excuse link. Excuse me, princess. You don't link it to Captain N every time, John. You point that out every time I say that you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I figured I'd, I mean... Right. Archimedes decided to throw that in there, because you, you keep saying uh -huh. it. Um, also, they shouldn't have let the voice actor from Zelda, the cartoon, reprise his voice. Nobody... It's every single one of them. Like, Ganon's reprised, uh, Zelda's reprised, I think the Moblins are reprised, Link is reprised. Like, they're all the same actors. It is... It is the Legend of Zelda cartoon again, except like five to ten years in the future. Uh, Link and Zelda hook up. They're boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh, I mean, that's assumed. Well, not in the original. <laughs> uh, in the games, it's assumed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that is the assumed end of Yeah, them. of every single one. Yeah. Okay, uh, that was that was Zelda two, except for the the train one, because Zelda's dead. Oh. All right, it's time for our thing of the week. Yeah, where this week, I decided we're talking about reviews and aggregators yeah. because. It was one of the future topics, and I decided I wanted to talk about it. Okay. Uh, yeah, like, I, I scrolled down so, to think of the week, and I saw it there, and I was like, oh, I don't have to think up anything this week. Nice. Nope. It's already there. So, 
when you put this on the list, what did you want to talk about? Um, I wanted to talk about the influence um, that medic uh, sites like Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes have on our pers- on our perception of things. Yeah. Okay. Go. Okay. Um, so I think that they're a toxic influence. Um, I think it's a, a very bad thing to have a site that just takes a whole bunch of reviews because, uh, okay, so the way a review generally works is a person plays a game and they decide what to rate it based on their enjoyment of the game. Correct. So ideally what this would lead to, and I say ideally for a reason, but what this would lead to is a bunch of varying scores. So one person plays, uh, I mean, let's go with Metroid Dread. And they fucking hate it. They think it's the worst Metroid that's ever been released. And so they put it at like a, a two or a three, right? And, and then yeah. another person plays Metroid Dread. And they think it's the best Metroid that's ever been released ever. And they give it a ten. Ten out of ten. Now, yeah. if those are the only two reviews that are put out then Metacritic would take those two reviews and average them out to a fucking, what would that be, a seven? Technically, no. Technically, you have to have, I believe, four reviews before Metacritic will uh, provide a a Metascore for it. But, I mean, let's just assume, then, that there's four of these people. Two of them give it a three. Two of them give it a ten. Metacritic would then average that out to a seven yes that tells you nothing about what these people actually liked about the game it tells you nothing about uh what am i trying to say it doesn't i mean it just doesn't tell you anything it's just a number what what does a seven out of ten tell you about a game john this isn't a rhetorical question. When you see a 7 out of 10, what does that make you think about a game? Uh, not great, honestly. It's it's okay. It, it could be good. It could be bad. Right. And that comes in with why I said the word ideally earlier. <clears throat> um, because the way that review sites, especially for video games, work is that they're supposed to operate on a 0 to 10 scale or is it a 1 to 10 it doesn't matter they don't use it's actually they don't use numbers before uh, fucking me- 6 like ever <laughs> like they operate on a 6 to 10 scale um which then makes especially metacritic worthless to you because the the only way to tell if a game is actually bad or not based on like critical consensus is if a game is put at like a 39 or something on metacritic right that would actually tell you something that tells you that enough people thought this game was unfucking playable that you should not play it but if it's above a 39 the the metacritic is useless so for critic reviews metacritic uses uh puts everything at a 100 point scale but they take those from the sites that that like they they modify what the other sites so for example i'm on the metacritic for metroid dread the top review right now is a 100 from twinfinite 
uh, I've clicked on it because this is one of the things it does is it aggregates the reviews. It puts them all together so you can just click it and go to that review. Uh, Twinfinite rates on a scale of 5. So Metroid got a 5 out of 5. Now, if you have a game that is... Because here's here's the deal with Twinfinite. Twinfinite does not only give 4 out of 5s and 5 out of 5s. It also gives 3 out of 5s and 2 out of 5s, etc. So not all games are IGN um, and actually provide ratings below... This is true. 8 and 10. <laughs> some, some sites do have scores below a 6. <laughs> um... And, and, so, I, I will agree that reviews for games are very top-heavy. Now, there are good things and bad things about this. Uh, a good thing about this is that, honestly, for the most part, it's true. Games in general are good. Yeah, games are great. Uh, I love I love a Ga- video like, game. <laughs> video games in general are very good. Um, they they're like they they deserve high rankings. Certainly, there are poorer games. Um, but I'd say honestly, most games that come out of Nintendo do fit into that seven to ten scale. Um, most games that come out of Xbox are also 7 to 10. Most games that come out of PlayStation are 7 to 10. The other ones are really for non-AAA studios. Yeah. <laughs> I Certainly, certainly Ubisoft has earned its fair share of below 10s. <laughs> below 7s. Uh, EA and Activision as well. Um, uh. EA and Activision as well have earned theirs, uh, and and those are all AAA studios, um, but they're not tied to a console. Uh, I feel like Nintendo, Xbox, and PlayStation put a little bit more care into their games because they have to. Uh, if if Xbox starts putting out bad games, then uh, people are less willing to buy Xboxes. Whereas if EA stops. Or puts out poorer games they're not they don't have anything else riding on that um whereas <laughs> X- Microsoft wants people to buy Xboxes um but so like EA's gotten it's 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 well, less than it's full, uh share but <laughs> cuz EA deserves a whole lot more less than 6s yeah. cuz it's a shit company uh, same with Ubisoft, although the games themselves from Ubisoft are usually pretty good. It's just a bad company. EA, on the other hand, makes bad games and is a bad company. <laughs> uh, which is sad, because it didn't used to be. Um, but, I, I'll say, like, the, the bottom half of, of the review section is kind of for indie games. And the reason you don't see as many scores in that section is because, one, 
people or the the reviewers review the games that are going to get the most views. Yeah. People people aren't really looking to see how um Spelunky is reviewed. They don't really care. Uh they they want to know how Metroid Dread did or how uh the newest Streets of Rage did or stuff like that. They they want to know you know what's how is Halo Infinite reviewed right now? Is it is it a game I want to buy? Um, because they're seventy dollars or you know <laughs> ninety dollars or sixty dollars. They're expensive. Uh, whereas Spelunky's like three bucks. Um, so people people are more interested in the reviews of the bigger games. Um. And because of that, reviewers are more interested in reviewing the bigger games. And those bigger games, they cost a lot, but also, usually, they're better. Um, and so, yes, the reviewers are going to give better scores to those. Um, uh. And you're right, they, they are going to get very similar. Uh. Um, so, at the same time, though, like, I've lived through, like, some of the, uh, more, more famous, um, review controversies, right? So, yes. um, Alpha Sapphire, like, Pokemon Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby came out, <laughs> and the reviewer on, was it IGN, gave it an 8.8 yes. 8 out of 10 for too much water, and everybody flipped their shit. Um, and if you actually yeah. read the review, it wasn't just that it was too much water. Um, it, it, it was like a jet, an actual like game balance problem that he had in regards to that. Um, and I disagree with him about it because Alpha, uh, Alpha Ru Sapphire and Omega Ruby did actually change, um, some of that from the original games and made it better. The the review was just for Sapphire and Ruby, the original. Oh, was it? Yeah, it wasn't the. the oh, I. It, it it was the. Original. I see. The, then his, his point stands. His then his point stands. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and like like everybody flipped their shit that he gave it an eight point eight. Oh my god! And it's, that's still a really good review. Uh, like they just wanted a they just is. wanted a ten. That's all they wanted, or um. Uh, another one that stands out particularly in my mind is um, uh, the the Jimquisition gave uh, Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, 7 out of 10. Um, I would agree with that score. Yeah, and every, every single Nintendo fan flipped their shit on them to the point where uh, James Stephanie Sterling now does not give games uh, review scores or even review games anymore because they just don't want to deal with that okay. anymore <laughs> that's fair <laughs> i mean the you will always have a a difference of opinion in games uh that's that's never going away uh for instance i think majora's mask is one of the best zelda games of all and time i think it's and garbage stand it. <laughs> and 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 you know what that's fine 
I'm right. It's a ten out of ten, and you're wrong. <laughs> but, 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 like right there, uh, something we've talked about in this very episode. People have a difference of opinion. I think that Majora's Mask should be rated a ten. I I strongly believe that it is an amazing game. But if you wrote the review, you would be going based off of what you thought, and you would have a much lower score. Right. Hopefully not below a six, because it's still a fucking amazing game. You just would have a, a personal issue with it. Um, and that's that's one thing, is that... As a, a good reviewer, and this doesn't always happen, um, you have to be... You have to have a little bit of subjectiveness to it, but you have to mostly be objective. Um, and, and like, you can realize that, hey, this isn't my game. Like, maybe, hey, I don't like the way that Breath of the Wild works, but I realize that it's a good game. Like, I realize that people will enjoy this yeah. game. However, I do agree it is probably a 7 out of 10 because it's not a great Zelda game. I mean, I think you've said before it it's not fun. a Zelda game. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I, I've seen people have lots of fun with it and really enjoy it. But I would say as a Zelda game, it isn't a very good one. But I still wouldn't rate it below a 7 because it is still a good game. Yeah, It, it has things that are fun to do in it. It just isn't a great example of what it... They they didn't succeed necessarily at making a Zelda game. Which is a thing. Like, it's... <laughs> there are Zelda games, there are not Zelda games. Not every action RPG is a Zelda game. Um, uh, what did I play recently? Um, Anodyne. Anodyne is, is basically... A Zelda game, but it's not a great one. <laughs> but I'd say it's a closer to being a Zelda game than Breath of the Wild is. Right. Um. Um. So yeah, that's that's an issue. Is is people disagreeing with things? Um. Although I will agree personally. Uh, eight point eight out of ten. There is too much water. The the <laughs> the swimming that it isn't surf surf. Not a fun thing to use. There's just way too much water on it. I understand Nintendo or Pokemon Company, but and especially you know, if you said this it, was for Ruby and Sapphire, yeah, um, it's a whole bunch of water in the second half of the game. Um, all of the trainers are water type trainers. You have um, surf, waterfall, and dive as three water yes. type HMs. It's it's too it's much. Too much. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and and none of those are particularly good. So you just end up having an HM. Oh no, slave. surf is That's surf is actually great. Water. Surf is like ninety five power and hundred mm. accuracy. It, it, it's one of the. Mm. It's unanimously considered one of the best HMs. Like, if you have to have an HM, Surf is a good one to have. It's just, uh, it's not but my But Dive thing. is just fly. Just, I, I, yeah, there's there's too much water. 
Um, <laughs> but like, uh, like there's there's always going to be, and and especially when you've got editors coming in that that aren't like or reviewers coming in. Uh, the the Cuphead review of of course being a uh, a prime example. Um, where the uh, the games beat um, reviewer went to uh, Gamescom, uh-huh. uh huh, and and played the Cuphead demo there because he was the he was the games journalist that was sent to Gamescom, and so he had to play all the games, and then come back and tell everyone about it, but it's not his type of game and uh he failed at getting through the intro where you learn the game like he couldn't get out of the like intro to the game okay where it teaches you the moves he could not do the moves that it teaches you so then don't review the game yeah, which he wasn't going to review the game anyways. He, he was just playing the game and was going to, you know, go back and and tell uh, the person who would actually be reviewing the game who actually plays those types of games. Um, uh, but he posted the, uh, the video of himself mocking himself. Um, oh, wait, I remember this. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like everybody like jumped and on him saying like, "Oh, you should be able to play these kinds of games. Aren't you a video game reviewer?" Blah 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 blah. Yeah, they basically rescinded his his game journalism uh, card, which is not how game <laughs> how game journalists work. No, um, game journalists are not no. uh, first, Dark first Souls all, mega players. You know, they're not perfect. Not necessarily. <laughs> Game games games journalists here here's the the thing, games journalists of course have to play yes. games, it's it's required, but they're not professional game players. They're professional writers. They're liberal, they're a liberal arts yeah. major. <laughs> <laughs> they're English majors or sometimes marketing majors, who have gone into reviewing. That's all it is. They write. They play a game, then they do a book report on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've never heard a better way to put it. <laughs> so, like, if you if you really want a a review from someone who who does it, go find a review from like because because there's hundreds of of reviewers. Um, Metroid Dread got reviewed by critics. Critical reviews, 95 reviews. So these are professional reviewers. There are 95 of them. Go find the one or, or one to 20 or more of them that are made by someone who plays Metroidvania games. And they'll probably start out with, I play a lot of Metroidvania games, and this one, blah. Uh... <laughs> And they'll say what they feel about it. Because, you know, if you want to know how a uh, Elden Ring is, or the next uh, Dark Souls game, whatever, go find someone who plays those games and listen to their review. Um, that's that's why your, your argument about Metacritic, I actually disagree with. 
I, I disagree with the viewpoint that Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic are, are bad or toxic for it. Because there are hundreds of reviewers out there, and in my opinion, what you should be doing is because like I don't go on I don't go on uh, Amazon and look for you know hey I need to find a new table <sighs> yeah I need to find a new table so I go and I start looking at them and I look at the reviews I don't just look at the reviews and go oh this one got a four point eight cool no I go and I look at the four point eight go all right. This has some promise. Let me look at the top one, and let me look at a few from the bottom. So I can see, and, and maybe one from the middle as well. So I can see, hey, this person says it's really good, and uh, they they just pulled it out, and they put it together and worked fine. And then this person at the bottom said, hey, I make tables, and this table will not stand up the test of time because of this, this, and this. And because I've looked at the reviews and I've looked at both sides of them, I can make an informed decision. The 4.8 is just there to make you go, oh, this has 4.8 stars. It's probably pretty good, but let me see further. When you find a review that says, hey, this is a three, you go, okay, I will move on. <laughs> I will find something different. It's, it's just there to get you in the right neighborhood. And and Metacritic is, is the same sort of thing. You can go to IGN, and IGN will say... Or you can go to Twinfinite, and Twinfinite will say it's, it gets 100. Well, cool. This game is perfect. Or you can go to IGN Italia, and it says it's a 91. All right, so there's some issues with it. Um, cause Twinfinite's five out of five. I mean, that's, you know, it's perfect. It's a perfect game. But IGN's 91 tells me it's good, but there's some issues with it. Uh, let me, let me read the review, see what they didn't like with it. Um, and, and what Metascore does it is it takes all these reviews, Metacritic takes all these reviews and creates a Metascore going, this is the average of them. This is what, in general, people are saying. Yeah. It's just like the Amazon 4.8 stars. I see that Metro Dread, pretty good game. Pretty good game. Let me look at some of the reviews that say, hey, this one's a really good game. Hey, this game's got some major problems because the ME is just kind of frustrating and not great game design. Um... <laughs> Or, hey, I don't play Metroidvanias. This was trash. Alright, well, I can ignore that one. Okay, so let me let me amend my statement. Um, sites like Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes are not toxic in and of themselves, but they feed into a, a toxic mindset that people have. Um, which, is, which is that, like, like, if a game doesn't score... Um, like above this percentage on Metacritic, then it's trash. And if you're not helping it score above this, then you're invalidating my opinion on the game. Um, which I don't think that's something you can blame Metacritic for. I mean, that's fair. The, 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 
those those people have existed since the dawn of time my <laughs> my opinion matters and if you don't agree with my opinion you're wrong and you're trash and you should quit but there's also that that um there's also like the the situation with a uh, fallout new vegas like bethesda gave it to obsidian to make and they said that like um if it doesn't re- go above uh um uh, 85 on metacritic i think it was then you don't get um this chunk of money um like it's basically like a bonus for the game hitting 85 on metacritic and then fallout new vegas scored an 84 right. and they didn't get the money all right so, <laughs> so so i i know this will come as a shock to those who have been following for a long time and haven't heard me speak on bethesda bethesda is a bad oh yeah company. they're shit <laughs> Every game Bethesda makes is bad. They are a bad company who makes bad games, and they're trash at it. Uh, so, again, this isn't a Metacritic issue. Yeah. This is Bethesda being a bad company and toxic developers. Because, and, and, and again, talking about toxic development and pay scales for programmers is a completely different issue. But at the same time, this kind of, like, that kind of, um, I mean, I would call it fucking, like, extortion or something, wouldn't exist if Metacritic didn't exist in the way that it does. Uh, it is... It is impossible to avoid rankings. Ranking and rating things is human nature. We will do it regardless of whether Metacritic exists or not. It is just it is a part of humanity. Yeah. We love to see rankings. We love to rank things. Uh it's there have been studies on it. <laughs> <laughs> there there are there are benefits and there are negatives to to um ranking things. Um I was hell, there was a uh I was listening to NPR because I'm you know, such a left-leaning uh, uh, old man. Uh, oh, which NPR were you listening to? Was, uh, I, I don't remember the. It was it was an interview with with a a journalist who works for a or who used to work for used to be an editor for even um, a. I can't. I don't know what it is because I'm not in that world at all. Uh, a uh, it was either a magazine or a newspaper or whatever that every year does the college rankings. Okay. And they rank colleges from top to bottom. Which is, one, absurd. How how do you say that Juilliard is better or worse than Yale? They're right. different. I mean, I imagine I imagine <laughs> that they do have like se- like separate lists for like Ivy League schools and um, fine arts colleges and then like public universities to a degree but there's also a master ranking okay well the master ranking is pointless but the the if you got a little bit but, more specific is, with them it, it could be useful it it could but it really hurts things more than it helps um so, like, on the one hand, like, it, it goes 
through all of the the ratings for the um uh the games and it or the not the games the uh the colleges and then it, it gives them a ranking scale now ranking is different from what metacritic does which is rating so ranking and rating are two different things uh metroid dread has an 89 metascore that is a rating it is rated 89 or 8.9 out of 10 or whatever you want to say uh that doesn't mean that something else can't also be rated an 89 yeah whereas ranking is yale is the best if you can't get yale then blah is the best the second best (laughs) so no matter what you want to get the highest ranked thing as opposed to yale is rated equally as well as juilliard these are equal colleges they are both very good differently but they are both very good you want to go to a college that has a good rating the ranking doesn't fucking yeah but but it is human nature to want to rank things it is human nature to want to rate things and people i think tend to think of of get those two conflated and that's the problem when i say that metroid dread you know when this person says the metroid dread has a a metascore of 89 and this other game has a metascore of 88 it doesn't necessarily mean that metroid dread is one point better than you know like it's it's so much better than this other thing because it's higher up in the rank ratings or rankings either way it's it's just that this these people thought it was slightly better I I I like Metacritic because it democratizes reviews. It democratizes the ratings. It's not one person saying, "Hey, uh I think that this game is a 5 out of 5." It's taking 95 people saying, "Hey, this game's pretty dang good." Yeah, this this it. I can I can go to Twinfinite as as stated before. Let, read Rebecca Stone's review. Go scroll down to the end. It says five out of five. Exemplary. <laughs> cool, <laughs> cool Twinfinite. But that's one right. person. M- Metacritic democratizes the reviews. So it's not just five out of five. That's Twinfinite's point of view. But IGN has something to say. And Mary Station and Game Informer and <laughs> Gameblog.fr, whatever the fuck that is. Nintendo Life, which of course is going to rank at 100. Um <laughs> Yeah, I and the the democratization of the reviews is really where it helps. Now, as always, reviews are opinions. Everyone has an asshole. Uh <laughs> you, you you can't and and this it's it's it is on the person who is looking at it to realize that 
hey, don't go base it like someone else's opinion will not necessarily match yours, and it doesn't need to. Right. They they might think the game is better. They might think the game is worse. Uh, there's there's a uh, who the fuck are they? The the developer for God of War, or the the producer for God of War has some major issues with Metroid Dread and and uh, really shat on it a bunch earlier, either this week or last week. I missed week. that. It's it's recent. Uh, yeah, yeah. They they have some some hard takes on the game that a lot of people disagree with and from what i have read and seen of the game i also tend to disagree with slightly uh so for example his point of view is that the game is hard for being difficult sake and that he has a problem with these these developers maybe it's the the nes era uh kids coming into their prime as developers making games now where you know all nes games were hard um there was a reason for that but also they came into their prime uh, like a decade ago making games that's not yeah that's not relevant to today well, i guess like, they're still there but they're not the be. ones coming into their prime i i guess you could say that now they're getting into positions of leadership. That's fair. They've been developers for a while, but now now they get to make decisions about games. Um. So they they have a problem uh, with the the difficulty of the game, and they they think that it's it's just difficult for difficulty's sake and and that that's a a bad thing um and and i i disagree and and i think that as several people pointed out there there are things you can do to to like make it easier and also some things that just shouldn't be changed at all one of the problems was that oh you just have to shoot random blocks and hope they'll break that's been a mainstay of metroidvania since forever like that's that's just how metroidvanias work you you shoot the the random things it's usually not random it's usually like oh that looks a little weird like if you're paying attention you'll yeah you'll notice it yeah yeah that's not a knock against the the, that's just what a metroidvania is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and then his complaint his complaint was like but what if like it it teaches you in the very beginning that hey there's this thing um like if if you shoot random blocks and it it like has it like really super pointed towards shoot these blocks then you can progress um and he's his his argument was that yeah if you shoot that then it like the the marker goes away and you just you never get told again that you have to that you can do that well they taught you it's not up to them to keep teaching you right just learn how to play the game that's the way games work (laughs) yeah they teach you once and then show you how to do it immediately and then it's up to you to remember that that's just how metroidvanias work um 
So, like, yeah, he had a scathing review for the game and also got shat on by the internet for it. Um, which, his preferred type of games, clearly not Metroidvanias. Right. Because every Metroidvania has the random block breaking and stuff behind it. From Castlevania games <laughs> have random food and items and secrets in tucked away places that you don't necessarily usually have to have, but sometimes you have to break through there to get to the rest of the game. Uh, to every Metroid game has walls that you have to break that don't necessarily look like you have to break them. And... I... <laughs> But, again, he's got an opinion. Yeah. He He's not a Metroidvania player. He doesn't think that Metroid Dread is a good game. A lot of other people do. You gotta make your own opinions. And, and I think that reviews are useful because they help you to get an idea of a game before you've played it. But I can tell you already, I will love Metroid Dread without ever seeing an aggregator or a review because I love Metroid games. I love Metroidvanias. So I'm going to love Metroid Dread. I, I just, I know already. If you are a um, first-person shooter person, you don't need to know if the next COD is a good game. You're going to love it because you love first-person shooters. It'll have problems. Metroid Dread has problems. But you'll still enjoy it. But looking at reviews is very helpful for you to see ahead of time, like, is this game going to be good? Is it going to be something that, like, do do people enjoy this game, period? <laughs> Will this game function when I buy it? <laughs> and And the aggregator sites are useful for that because it democratizes those reviews, so you don't, like, one person had a bad day and they came in and metroid dread shit all over them and they got frustrated because i hear it's a lot more difficult than recent metroid games um it's 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 apparently much more difficult it's the dark souls of metroid games um and uh you know maybe they they wrote it and they were like ah oh, this gets a 40 and you you go to your favorite site and you look and you see oh it got a 40 well, shit. Well, I guess I'm not getting this game. <laughs> and meanwhile, it's got a 94 or whatever on, on Metacritic because everyone else had a good day. Um, they struggled with it, but they they came away enjoying it and being objective. So, I like aggregators. I don't think they are the problem. I, I, I would say... What it sounds like the issue you have is with it's entirely about the culture around them. Like I don't think yes, I don't think which... Metacritic themselves are doing anything wrong. I have nothing against Metacritic, the website. I have everything against how people look at Metacritic, which I think is not an issue with Metacritic or reviews in general. But is with an issue. It is an issue with. Fan I mean, I culture. have an issue with reviews themselves as well. But that's also not Metacritic's fault. That's on the reviewers. 
<laughs> like okay, I guess that's something we get to talk like, about like, later. I, I do think like like the the issue of like the seven to ten scale is a major issue. And like we pointed out, like a, a lot of Ubisoft games should rank below a seven, and they often don't. Uh, well, I, I, that's that's my opinion. I don't like Assassin's Creed games, but I mean, I like Assassin's Creed games, and lot- some of them should not be ranked above a seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so you have to look at them in their own time. Even then, I, I played a lot of them in their time. <laughs> Uh, honestly watching uh, i didn't play assassin's creed one until later but watching assassin's creed when it came out looked amazing oh yeah yeah it looked like like uh, a lot of those games were for their time really good i don't know that i would argue with any of of ubisoft's um reviews Although nowadays they should, you know, they 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 don't stand up to their reviews, but for their time they were reviewed correctly. And also, every review of Ubisoft should start with the fact that they had years of worker and sexual abuse, and nobody in the company has really answered for it. Uh, and they don't, and it never gets brought up. And it's like, hey, y'all are just covering for abusers. You know that. Did you know that? <laughs> oh God! I don't. I don't. I don't know it, that it's the reviewer's responsibility. Um, to do that. I think it does because because it you're giving them coverage and you're giving coverage to people who aided in the abuse of people, and you're not even mentioning it. Like, I, yeah. I think I it becomes like I a. a, a I, I, I think it becomes an issue for the reviewer at that point. And maybe it's not even on them. Maybe they want to do that and the fucking review website doesn't allow them to. In which case, like, the whole website can go fuck itself. (laughs) You know? I don't... I don't know that I necessarily agree with this point of view. And we don't have to. We can end um, this without coming to a consensus. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's one of the great (laughs) things about human beings is that we all have different ways of looking at things. Yeah, we don't have yeah. to agree. Uh, which, just like with games, we don't have to agree that this game is better right. than this game. Um, but yeah. but the conversation okay. was had, and that's all that really matters. Yep. Yep. Oh. Hey, uh, what are you looking forward to oh, for God. next week? you know every time you say that i realize that every time you say that i immediately follow with oh god (laughs) yep yes you do um what am i looking forward to yes you do uh i don't know (laughs) taking another breath (laughs) take okay no that Um, doesn't I want to Immediately live. following this episode, um, I have a hard out to go to a therapy appointment where me and my therapist are going to talk about me getting onto antidepressants. So, Ooh. yeah. Well, I, yeah. good luck with that. Hope they're not the ones that change your mood too much. I mean, I hope they do change my mood because my mood is usually depressed. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> 
You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, this is just a conversation uh, about whether or not I should. She can't actually um, prescribe me yeah. any. She's not an ologist yeah. or an iatrist. I, I forget She's a psychologist, one. not a psychiatrist. A druggie. Yeah. Yeah. It's the iatry that can give yep. you drugs. Uh, what are you looking forward to, John? I'm looking forward to maybe spending lots of money on my dog to get them fixed. And maybe to also get them yeah. fixed. Because uh, he still has his balls all tucked up inside him. Because they're, they're hidden and they don't want to come down. And I want to rip him out. My dog Yuna is still not fixed. Uh, we have to spend some money to. You have an intact yeah. dog. Uh, she has all of her vaccinations right now, though, so we we can get her fixed now. <laughs> yep. Okay. She's up to date. Cool. I always say it's worth. Doing. Oh yeah, we we want to get her fixed. We're <laughs> just lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. At least you don't have to deal with the the extra expensive that mine is going to be. Because since it hasn't descended at all, it's going to be more expensive because they have to do a surgery to get in there and oh, damn. take it out. Nothing is ever easy I mean, with could you just Couldn't you just like wait until they descend and then get them fixed? Might never uh. happen. They're, they're supposed to... Have descended by three I months. See. It is now like four and a half to five. So you might just have a uh, birth defect kind of thing. Yeah, I see. It's a thing that can happen, and we wish it wouldn't because it's expensive and we're not made right. of money. Very few people are. Yeah. 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 I wish I was, because I could do with the money, but I'd give back to society. <laughs> anyway, who should we share this with this week, John? Shit. Um, hmm. I don't know. Who do you think? I usually do this. Um, so Share this with someone who's in error. I don't I don't think that'll work. Okay. Um share share this with someone whose balls haven't descended <laughs> yet. How do you know that, John? <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> you, you can, can tell. tell. <laughs> They're a little bit more aggro. <laughs> And they talk like this. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks everyone for coming. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Please, please do. I know we say this every time, and I know it hasn't happened yet. It really would would be a huge help. Yeah. Regardless of what you rate us, just any rating and would. We help. have a bunch of links uh, down at the we, in the description. You can email us, follow us. You know what to do. Yeah. We appreciate good reviews, but. Any review would be right. useful. <clears throat> well, we'll see y'all next Bye. week when we talk about something else. <laughs> uh.